So hello and welcome to the latest episode of You Are My Borough. I'm here as ever with my fellow Northern Echo writer, Dom Shaw. You all right, Dom? Sal, mate, yourself? I'm good. I'm good. We've got Back plenty to get our teeth into, plenty to discuss, isn't there? It's um, <laughs> both on and off the pitch. It's been quite some week, a couple of weeks, really, for Borough. So we'll launch into that. We'll have a chat. Um, obviously, pick the bones out of the transfer window. Um, look at how the summer went for Borough, and and obviously look at what's happened in the first month of the season, which it's safe to say has not exactly gone to plan. So. Let's start with uh, transfers, Dom. The, the window obviously shut. Uh, 12 incomings in the end for Borough in terms of senior players coming into the squad. Um, obviously, a, 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 you know, a fairly busy last week, um, although not necessarily a deadline day scramble, but obviously some really high-profile departures in terms of the team that finished last season. Tuberakpom obviously being the most obvious one, but then also the loan lads who obviously left right at the end um, of last season. So, I guess the first thing is, as we sit here now, Dom, do you think that this Borough squad is better than the one that ended last season? Or have Borough not been able to adequately replace what they've got? Where, where do you sit with that? I, I, I don't think the squad now is as strong as it was at the end of last season. But, yeah. but what I would say is, as soon as Bur- as soon as the final whistle went and that game against Coventry, I, th- I think that was pretty evident that that was going to be the case because the the chances of bringing back Cameron Archer, Aaron Ramsey, and Ryan Giles clearly decreased significantly the minute that whistle went, and yeah. and it also raised serious question marks about Tuba Akpom's future as we've seen. And how do you go out and you know well? What's Cameron, Cameron Archer, 18 million, Aaron Ramsey, 11 million, Chubrakpon, 12 million, Ryan Giles, 5 million. There's nearly 50 million pounds of player there. For a championship team, how on earth do you go about improving in a squad when you lose 50 million pounds worth of talent? And not your own as well. So it's not like you're bringing 50 million yeah. quid in and you can go about, go out and reinvest. So um, I, I, I thought, I thought, I think. You know, it's pretty obvious that Borough's squad isn't as strong as it was last season, and that's clearly the the challenge now um, for Michael Carrick. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into transfers. Clearly, I think there's a lot of exciting future talent there. You know, Rav Vandenberg, we know, is clearly very well thought of. Sammy Silvera's looked bright. Morgan Rogers, mm-hmm. you think, well, for, he went to Man City. Yeah, well, where could he eventually oh, there's, there's got to be there's got to be a really talented player in there. The, the obvious question marks are, you know, the here and now. How How is this squad going to cope this year? Because a lot of these players really now are, are having to learn on the job, aren't they? Yeah. And, and off the back of that, then, is the other obvious question, goals. Is there enough goals in this squad? Because you've lost Tuba's goals. You've lost, as you rightly say, Cameron Archer, who, you know, by the end of the season, it chipped in with a, you know, a pretty decent amount and, and was obviously the main man in the second half of last season. <laughs> Latalath has, has obviously got, you know, got himself in the team, started off. You've alluded to Rodgers there. Um, you know, you would hope Greenwood would chip in. But where are we at with Borough's goals, do you think? Is there enough goals in that team? Because I sense... You know, from messages I get and, and fa- fans I speak to, and and, and obviously that, that's the big worry, isn't it? Is there enough goals in this team? 
I think yeah, that that's clearly the the um, the, the doubt as things stand. Latte Laugh, I think, looked very bright. He, yeah, his goal at West Brom, I, th- I thought, will do him the world of good. Um, but but he ha- but he has missed chances now. Now the hope is, you know, I think back to his debut against Huddersfield when Hackney played him in one on one, just after Borough equalised, and, and he almost caught in two minds. I wasn't at the QPR game on Saturday, but I gather he missed a, a chance or two there. Now the hope is. Three or four weeks down the line, a bit more match sharpness, completely up to speed with with the kind of intensity and tempo of the championship. You you would hope then that he that he's going to be taking those chances. We don't know because yeah. we haven't like I, I can't say I've watched Emmanuel Ladder laugh before he signed for Borough, but I'm not sure. But he, even if he does, say even if he did score 15 goals this season, I mean you needn't replace 40 in, in Akapom and Archer alone. So you need players like Greenwood and Rodgers and McGree to score more, Silvera, Jones, Force. You, you need all these players, really. And Carrick's talked at length about this, hasn't he? He used the example of Ronaldo leaving Man United. He, it was put to him about Kane and their approach to, sorry, Tottenham and their approach to replacing Harry mm. Kane. Um, you, it, it's true that you, 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 you lose Akpom. You don't necessarily go out and buy a 30-goal striker because how difficult is that to do in the championship? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. what you need is players across the board to chip in, and the question is: Have we seen enough in the early stages of the season to suggest that you're going to get the goals from them? That that's clearly been a worry for Borough, hasn't it? In the in the early stages, yeah. they haven't they haven't been clinical enough. They could have got something at West Brom. Again, let's say I wasn't at QPR, but I gather there was clearly missed chances there in the first half. Huddersfield they created enough chances to win the game twice over. So that's the question mark. And and the other thing is. Um, there's there's clearly quite a lot of pressure on Latilath as well. Although Josh Coburn will be itching for a chance, won't he? And we've seen that Coburn mm. knows how to put the ball in the net. Um, and suddenly you're looking at Josh Coburn and think, well, he might have a big part to play. And this time last week, he, he, he looked certain to go out on loan, um, which again, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about. But that's clearly the issue. But then I think the other thing is defensively, you know, at West Brom, it was chaotic at the back. Um yeah. Now I don't think that's I don't for one minute think that's a personnel thing. It, it's I think it's more the balance of the team. Last year, you know, Borough Borough absolutely by no means had the well you score three and we'll score four mentality. But the balance of the team was set up to you know even if they concede one, you'd back them to score two. Whereas this year now that you you know you you can't rely on Borough to score two, three, four goals in a game as things stand. So I think there's there's that defensive attack of balance that, that clearly needs to be resolved as well in the next few weeks. Yeah, and you, you're right. You know, the balance of the team doesn't really seem right at the minute or it hasn't been in, in, in the early games. Um, and and is how much of that do you think is just trying to meld a new team together and, and the inevitable kind of problems that that creates and, and players getting to know each other, building up partnerships, etc., etc., or... Or how much of it is an early warning sign that you know maybe this squad isn't where it needs to be? I think it's probably a bit of both um, because yeah. you know Housen and Hackney, for example, last year they, they were they were immense together, weren't they? And yet against West Brom, Borough lacked Borough lacked the protection from the midfield. You what you watched that game and you thought. Borough are crying out for a big imposing number six here, someone someone yeah. to kind of sit in front and offer that line of protection. Um, which is why I was saying I don't think it's just the personnel of, you know, you're conceding goals, you point to Dale Fry and Daryl Lenahan at, 
at centre half. Um, Tommy Smith had a torrid time at West Brom. Lucas Engels had a difficult had a difficult start. You know, you, you would hope there's a lot more from from him to come. I'm sure there is. Um, so, so I think I think it's probably a mix. I don't know what you think, but but I think this international break has come at the perfect time for Borough. Now yeah. I know I know they've got players away, so it's not ideal. But it just feels after the transfer window closed and and the defeat on Saturday, you need that time to take stock. I think don't you? Almost start again, really. Almost think right. We we start now. This is the start of our season. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think um, I think these two weeks of, of Carrick getting his new squad together and and you know starting to work out patterns of play is interesting. Um, there's a few things off the back of that. I mean, let, let's talk about some of the signings then. Greenwood and O'Brien, who obviously were the two you know kind of biggish names who came in in that last week. Um, what do you think that they can? I, I mean, firstly, Greenwood. Do you see him as the Tuba replacement? Eventually, do you see him as the 10? Because he's played in a number of different positions for Leeds. He played in it. He was really a winger when he when he was a young lad at Sunderland, primarily. But where do you see where do you see him fitting in? Do you, do you see him not necessarily replacing Tuba in terms of what he does, but playing that role? Well, it was interesting. Um, Greenwood and O'Brien both spoke to the press on Thursday just before Michael Carrick came in came in and did. Did is and one of the questions put to Greenwood was, um, "What's your position? What where, where are you strongest?" And in an instant, he said, "Striker and number ten. Um, yeah, and you know it was put to him that he'd actually played as deep as a centre midfielder for Leeds under Jesse Jesse Marsh, and he obviously like laughed that off really, and then heard about Bielsa and told him about him being a genius and all that he learned under him but but it was clear that that you know he sees himself as a striker and a number 10 and I, I think that'll help that bit of versatility will, will help um the fact he sees himself as a striker gives Carrick another option because as I touched on you, you know Latte Lath and Coburn are probably your only out and out strikers now aren't they well they are your only out and out strikers so so I think you need that help but but it, but you, you you look at that and think it, it seems more of a fit as a number ten, don't you? Because Latte last coming yeah. clearly to lead the line. Borough did want a number ten. Rogers has played there. We've seen flashes, but nothing to suggest that he's going to be your man for the full season yet. So I think I, I think Greenwood will play more at number ten. O'Brien, yeah. O'Brien's one of them, isn't it? Where you know last summer every club in the Championship had a snap that a snap to get him. One of the best players. In the league, led Huddersfield to playoff final. So I think he has the look of being a, a really good signing. The interesting thing there is who who's he going to come in for? Um, mm. Can't see him dropping House and or Hackney. So does does it does the shape change? You know, do you see an extra midfielder maybe and and more of a kind of four three three? I don't know. We'll have to. I guess we'll see that in the in the coming weeks. But you would imagine. Yeah, well that's Burr have worked hard to get O'Brien. You'd, you'd imagine he, he's come in to play. Yeah, it's it, it certainly feels a different signing to when Moat came last. Now, admittedly, Moat ended up playing a pretty you know important role in those last few matches, but it always felt that he was coming in as cover. It doesn't really feel that with O'Brien, does it? You can't imagine that you know he's desperate to get his career back on track, isn't he? He obviously had the. The, the, the potential deal that fell through uh, that meant that he, he he kind of was stuck. He then went out to America, didn't he, for the second half of last season, played in the MLS. 
But I, I, you suspect he's got a point to prove and he'll feel that he's got a point to prove. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're looking at it and thinking, well, Borough have to find a way to get him into that team, which, which brings me to another issue that's been raised by a number of people. I mean, we did a piece today with Michael Carrick saying, A, this is my team. You know, I, I don't want any suggestions that that um, that you know I'm unhappy with what happened. That that I wanted more. That, no, this is my team. This is what I'm going with, and I think it gives me an awful lot more flexibility than I had last season. To which, and I've had a number of replies on Twitter saying, "Well, okay, are we actually going to see a change in formation? Are we going to see maybe three at the back? Are we going to see wing backs? Are we going to see, like you say, an extra midfielder in there?" Because thus far. And in fairness to Carrick, last season he didn't have to change his formation, did he? It was working with the players that he had, his formation, everything dovetailed perfectly. There was no need to turn things upside down. Are we going to see, do you think, Michael Carrick now having to get a bit more tactically versatile and maybe shuffle things around that we haven't seen so far? Because it feels like this squad doesn't necessarily, like you've alluded to there, the strengths of this squad maybe don't fit the way that Carrick's been playing up to now. No, and he, interestingly, um, Carrick almost volunteered that himself last, last Thursday when we were speaking to him and I'd asked him about Greenwood and what he'll offer. And I can't remember word for word, but Carrick almost kind of said, well, it, it gives us an option to, to play differently. Um, and, you know, it, it's easy to say. You hear plan B all the time, don't you? I don't necessarily think it's a plan B. Yeah, but, no, no. you know, clearly Borough at home this year, have lost nil, have, have lost one nil, drawn one one, and, and lost two nil. You could easily make the claim that you know have 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 they been sussed out at home, and I think it's finding maybe a different way, especially if they go one nil down. Um, yeah, we're seeing teams kind of just almost sitting and saying, "Go on, then break us down." And I thought it was credit to Borough that they got themselves back in the game against Huddersfield because when Huddersfield went one nil up, you think then. You know, Neil Warnock team going one nil up away from home as organised and stubborn as as they are. You're yeah. just going to stifle them now. And but but you do think maybe Borough needs something different, especially at home. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me if we saw if we saw a change. I don't I don't think it's going to. You know, he's he's clear, clearly although it's a different squad now, he's clearly not going to absolutely rip things up and start again. No, but, but you do wonder now whether he's going to take the break to maybe make a couple of minor tweaks and think. You know, this is a different squad now. How do I get the best out of these players? Yeah. Um, and in terms of what we've seen from them so far then, Silvera was probably the standout in pre-season. I think we agreed with that when we did the pods leading up to the season. I mean, who would you who would you say as, as of, of all the new signings? Now, listen, you know, some of them haven't kicked a ball yet. So clearly, you know, it's it's not a kind of scientific assessment here, but who, who stood out to you as, as thinking, okay, yeah, I think I think they will will have a good season. I think the ends look pretty sound. Um, yeah. In goal. Vandenberg's made a couple of mistakes, but um, I really like the look of him and, and he's, he's recovered well from those mistakes as from well. From them, yeah. Yeah. Um, Huddersfield, the, the cup game when he made the early mistake, but kind of just shrugged it off as you'd expect the season pro to not someone who was kind yeah, of 18 yeah. and making the first and making the debut and then he played Huddersfield the league game was it Huddersfield when he played at right back not his not his first choice position but Carrick was thrilled with his performance that day so I, I think the signs there are clearly um 
are, are promising. Silvera, we've seen flashes. Um, I, I do, I do wonder at the minute whether he maybe looks better suited to being an impact winger. An impact player, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I, I know, I know, plenty of people have seen this. The, McGree's role in the early weeks of the season surprised me. I, you know, he was nailed on, wasn't he, last year? One of Borough's yeah, yeah, yeah. Best, Absolutely. most important players. And he's spent more time on the bench so far this season yeah. that's come as a that's come as a surprise. And, and I think Latte Lath, you know, I touched him there. I think I think Latte Lath clearly question marks as to whether he's going to be prolific, but he certainly looks to be a handful. Um, and I think he's had a he's had a bright start. Bangura's an interesting one at left back because Engel has had a pretty difficult start really yeah just in two or three weeks down the line you know when bangura who, who establishes himself yeah 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 it does it, it feels like that that's a battle now that you know like you say engel uh, he's you know he's had his shaky moments i think that's that's a pretty fair way of putting it um and and it's interesting the borough have gone out and got bangura and and you know he was a player that was kind of on the radar all summer and then you felt perhaps when Engel came in right that's it there won't be another left back now obviously Hayden Coulson was there you 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 probably suspect that Mike character had a look at him and thought you know what I don't I don't really think that he's my man to be a championship left back so I guess there was probably a need for competition anyway but I think it's probably more than that I think you're right I think there is a, a real live battle there to be had about who is the first choice left back and, and up front um You've got a chance for Coburn now, because clearly he's not mm. going to be first choice. But there's there's only one out and out striker ahead of him. You know, if he can come off the bench and make an impact and get a goal and stake his claim, you know, what an opportunity for him now. Well, that, that, that's exactly. I mean, you know, as you've alluded to, for all that Latalas look good in patches, and for all that Borough have clearly, you know, spent money on him, and and and, and there's an investment there in him. What he hasn't done is put together a real run of goals yet. So if, if Coburn can do that, like you see, if he can come off the bench, score, you know, maybe start the next league cup game, score, um, then then yeah, I mean, you know, whichever Borough striker can score three goals in four games is gonna start, aren't they? Because it's crying out for someone to do that. And there's there's no reason why it can't become I mean, are you are you of the mind, like I think I am, that had things perhaps panned out differently, Corburn would have gone this summer back oh. out on loan because that was that was all the vibes that you were getting from Carrick pretty much all the way through. And then obviously that pretty much changed in the last week of the window when presumably Greenwood comes in as you ten, but but you're not necessarily able to get another nine. hundred percent. We spoke to Carrick after Bolton on the Tuesday night and, and he was asked pretty straight then about Josh and and the suggestion still you know you've been at presses when he's been asked about in the, over the summer and yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't been definitive either way but he's definitely lent towards going out on loan and then Stephen Schumacher you know confirmed uh, on the Thursday or the Friday the Plymouth boss that he'd spoke to Michael was was waiting to get the nod really on on the on the Coburn deal but then things changed I think I think what what what's pretty clear from that is Borough were true to the word when they said they're not going to bring in a player for the sake of bringing in a player because they could have signed a striker on deadline day, couldn't they? Or on Thursday. But clearly between the Tuesday, Bolton Tuesday night, press conference Thursday, clearly it became clear when Carrick confirmed that Coburn was definitely staying. Yeah. Borough knew at that point, really, that they weren't going to bring in a centre-forward, which shows that, you know, once they 
knew they weren't going to get the players who were on their list. They weren't then willing to go scratching around like plenty of clubs do in the final yeah. in the final day of the window. Um, and I think the thing with Coburn is that this is probably a good two weeks for him now because he, he did return. I spoke to him last year when he was at Bristol Rovers and he talked then, you know, I, I want to come back and, and I want to come back and establish myself in the Borough team. So he comes back desperate to prove himself, gets injured in pre-season, playing catch-up. Um, whereas now he's fit, he knows he's staying. So this two weeks now to me feels like a chance to, you know, get two weeks on the training ground without the distractions of games or uncertainty. And for him now, it's almost like I'd imagine the start of the season once we come back, once we come yeah. back from the break. And, you know, let's not pretend you can hang your hopes on Coburn to score 30 goals a season. But we've seen, haven't we, the flashes. So there's enough Coburn. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So, okay, so that's kind of the transfer situation. The other side of it is obviously that we're into this international break and for our bottom of the league, haven't won a league game yet this season. Um, now, you know, there's two elements to this, isn't there? There's one argument that says, well, okay, but it's been an utterly chaotic month. The squad hasn't been together. There's been players coming and going. Um, you know, in certain games, had things fallen differently, Borough could easily have picked up more points than they've got. Now is certainly not the time to be panicking. And, and, and understandably, that's the Michael Carrick view. Um, or... There's the, well, yeah, that's fine, but we're now five games into a league season and there are teams now with a, what, 12-point head start on Borough? And we're almost, we're not quite, but we're almost where we were last season, where you, you're already needing a real, real good run at some stage just to make up the ground that you kind of tossed away in the first month. What do you feel about that? Probably somewhere in the middle, really. I mm -hmm. think... Um... Because I think, you know, clearly managers will tell you that, that it's far too early to worry about the league table. And it is. But as you say there, you, you're, giving, you're giving some very good teams a head start again now. Yeah. Uh, teams like Leicester and uh, Norwich have started well. I know they got beat at the weekend. But, you know, top-end teams, Southampton again, I know they got a good thumping at the weekend. But you're giving, you're giving these teams yeah. a head start. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily the, the, the league table that's worrying. I think it's more the kind of general performances, because I know Carrick's been yeah. encouraged, as he says, but really the only good performance has been the Huddersfield game. Um, mm. And Borough haven't had all that of a difficult start, really. Huddersfield at home, a QPR at home, a game's yeah. you pick. Coventry yeah. away is a tough game, but they, like Borough, have lost the best players are in, are in, and they're in the middle of a rebuild. Millwall are a better home team than away team. So so I think that's the worrying thing. Borough haven't had a, a nightmare start. But... but you know, equally, I think the next two games on paper are opportunities. Blackburn and Sheffield both away, both had mixed yeah. difficult starts themselves. Um, yeah. And it's the classic championship, in it, where if you can get a couple of wins in a row, suddenly things yeah. change. What you'd say, though, is so far the, the performances haven't suggested that a couple of wins in a row are going to come, really. Um, mm. it, it, it did feel unfair, didn't it, to, to judge... A, immediately because of the because of the the scale of the rebuild in the summer really and B before the window closed given the yeah. number of players coming in and going out so I, th I think the next month is going to tell us much more about borough than than what the last month has what yeah I, I agree with that I think that 
I think that it, there there are there are undoubtedly mitigating factors for what's happened to Borough in the in the first month of this season, um, and and you know it, it is unfair to judge them before they've got the players through the door and before Carrick's actually been able to get all of his squad and say right, this is what we've got, this is how we're going to play, this is how we're going to do it. That said, other teams have coped with that upheaval and uncertainty better than Borough have. I don't yeah. think there's denying that that. You know, Borough and are far from the only championship team that have got into the last week of the window with a whole host of business still to do. And yet other teams have been able to pick up results along the way that, that Borough haven't. And that's the big disappointment, I think, that we all knew this upheaval was going to happen. We all knew that the squad and the team wasn't going to be settled until pretty late in the window. And yet Borough haven't been able to deal with that in terms of getting results on the pitch. And like you say, it's hard to make... A, Yes, there have been patches in games where they've played well, and yes, they've had chances that would have turned. But it's hard to make a really strong case that Borough have been really hard done by by the results that they've got, because in most of the games, they've pretty much got what they've deserved. And, and like you said, that's probably the biggest worry, isn't it? That that the overall performance level has to improve. Yeah, and like you say there, I, I think there's an acceptance, isn't there? The, Borough weren't going to burst out the blocks this season or were unlikely to and, and get 15 points or 13 points from the first five games. But the hope was to tick over while mm. while while this kind of, you know, while the transfer window's rumbling on in the background. If you can get a couple of wins, if you can, you can pick up six or seven points really out the first 15 available, then, yeah. then it, it, it gets points on the board and gives you something to build on. Um whereas even though it is five games, as you say there, that that you are playing catch up. All at once, um, and uh, I think and, the other problem as well is it puts a lot of pressure on that. Exactly because, what I was going to say. You know, that, that, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're talking, and yes, it, it is. It is early. It's far too early, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if we get the seven or eight games in, and Borough pick up just you know one more point, two more points, then all of a sudden, then when does this become a big, big problem? You know what I mean? It, we're not there yet, but we're not necessarily far off if Borough don't hit the ground running straight away after this international break. And I think the other thing is, you know, clearly when you judge Borough at the end of last season with Ramsey and um, Archer, that, that, that you know they are they were going to be so so difficult to, to 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 replace and to compare against. But we we saw huge huge improvements from Carrick's Borough before the January transfer window I think back to the win at Blackburn the wins yeah. at Birmingham before these players came in when he you know he was almost having to make do for want of a better phrase really before the window Matt Crooks was leading the line he'd moved Marcus Force out out to the right side and yet there was still a kind of real energy and intensity to Borough's player wasn't there and and it, that hasn't been there in the early weeks of the season I think Borough look a little bit laboured really compared to what we what we got used to, yeah. so it's it's not just the the the, replace, the replacing the players who's gone. It's you know as we both said, it's it's what you're seeing from the team and the way they're playing, isn't there? Um, yeah, those first few games, I think that'll that'll tell us a lot more, won't it? Those first two or three games yeah. after break. And what you'd have to say is it's a big first big challenge for Carrick. Really, it was always going to come at some stage. Yeah, 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 absolutely, and absolutely, and. and and it's you know different managers handle it differently, and I, and I think Carrick's the way that Carrick's handled the whole transfer window has been interesting because what he's clearly wanted to avoid is any kind of conflict, friction, whatever. Now that may be because everything has been absolutely harmonious, and 
you know, ev everything that, 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 that's gone on, he's been absolutely integral to and, and is involved with and is happy with, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I still think it's interesting, though. It's, it's very rare that at some stage of a window, you don't get a manager saying, oh, do you know what? We really need to get this sorted now. You know, I really need this now. Or, or, or you know, we, we, we saw it up the, up the road at Sunderland with Tony Mowbray. We've clearly seen it with various Borough managers in the past. Now, Carrick doesn't want to go down that route, does he? He's not one at all for any form of criticism, whether it's at the players, whether it's at those above him, whatever. But um, I, I do think that's an interesting dynamic that for the first, you know, we've wanted harmony within Borough's recruitment model for so long and, and we've got it. So it kind of seems strange. I know that we're now going the other way, but um, you'd love to know deep down whether he actually is as happy at what's, panned out as as he's proclaiming in public wouldn't and, it and it's interesting what you say there because i know after the west brom game when he came in and he, you know he talked then he was upbeat and he talked about how encouraged he was by by certain things he saw and and I, and i saw some fans saying you know that you can't really that that can't be the case you can't be encouraged by that by that defeat now i i'm i'm certain that he was encouraged by certain things because Weirdly, that was a game Borough could have still taken something from, and I'm sure there was flashes in there that he was encouraged by. But but I think we've seen enough of Carrick now to know and heard enough of Carrick to know that even if that wasn't the case and the message behind closed doors to the players is very different, he's not going to come mm. and tell us that, is he? Yeah, exactly. we've, we've talked about it on here before, haven't we? That example of the manager yeah. during lockdown who gave his players an absolute rollicking um, in, in what was the make shift yeah. in the dressing room and then came into the press room and said, I can't fault the lads. Well, I'm yeah. not saying that's happening but now, but Carrick's one of those managers, isn't he? He's never going to be the type to come in and throw his players under the bus and, and criticise the no. them. No. Or, or even, as we've seen, the, the, the kind of machinations of what's going on around him and above him. You, you know, he... That's just not him, is it? He's he's not one to be to be banging the door down and saying, you know, I need this, I want this, I want the other. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a, it's a it's an interesting dynamic, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the rest of the season with the way that the signings work out, won't it? Because yeah, you know, almost inevitably, some will work, some will fail, and and I guess it's where that balance lies, isn't it? What what have you made? I know you've been away, but what have you made of the the championship? as a whole in the first few weeks who kind of been surprised by anyone. I mean, Preston, Plymouth, we talked about, didn't they? They've come up with momentum. and, and Yeah, I, I kind of, Preston are a surprise. Preston are a surprise because you kind of feel like you've got a handle on what Preston are in terms of being a <laughs> mid-table yeah. team. Pretty decent at home. Don't score a lot of goals. Probably won't pick up enough points away from home to really threaten. They've been, they've been a surprise, but it's early, isn't it? I mean, oh. this time last year, QPR were top of the table, weren't they? And look what happened there. Now, I'm not going to say that's with Preston, but I suspect Preston will regress back to where they were. Um, Norwich have probably been a little bit stronger than I thought they would be. They look good. Don't um, they? they look good. Leeds have probably been a little bit weaker, although they've been working through a hell of a lot. I, I still think that come the end of the season, Leicester, Southampton and Leeds have kept hold of enough and done enough business that I... I'd still be very surprised if all three of them weren't in the top six. Um, oh. And, and you know, like you say, yes, Southampton have had a thump and Leicester had a size defeat. Leeds haven't necessarily hit the ground running, but I still think they'll be up there, don't you? 
Yeah, I was at that Sunderland Southampton game, and um, I went up there kind of expecting to see a, a million dollars Southampton team. Really, they managed to keep all the Shea Adams. Obviously, signed Ross Stewart, although he, he clearly wasn't playing. And even when Sunderland went two 0 up early on, it, you thought this this could turn. You were kind of waiting for Southampton to turn it on. Um, game, obviously, yeah. didn't. And Sunderland were brilliant. But Mowbray was saying afterwards that. You know, he got to the ground and he's reading through the programme and he's looking at the Southampton squad list on the back page and thinking, Jesus wept. You know, you look at the, yeah. the talent in that squad. Um, I think Russell Martin's a good manager. So so I I, I still think Leicester and Southampton are the teams, are the two teams to, be. to beat. Sunderland have had an interesting window. I mean, yeah. Sunderland have done what Sunderland now clearly do, which is just bringing a whole load of young lads from various places around the world. Um and yet, you watched Pierre Equa last last weekend produce a hell of a midfield performance. You know, their their recruitment in general has worked. And yes, they've lost players again, but they've kept Jack Clark, they've kept Patrick Roberts, they've obviously Joe Bellingham looks really good. Um, they 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 could be playoff challenges again. And I do think there's a borough lesson there because Pierre Equa on Saturday, look, you, you looked at him and thought. What on earth are you doing playing in the championship? Million dollars in the middle, head and shoulders above everyone else. And yet, er, early on, when he signed in January, for the first couple of months, he, yeah. he looked lost, didn't he? He played under yeah. 21s. Yeah, under he was 21. in and out of the team. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, when you sign these young players, which Borough, you know, which are a lot of Borough signings are, you do. You have to wait, don't you? You have to have patience. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't expect them to yeah. come straight in and, and, and take the league by storm immediately. And we've seen that with various players at Sunderland over the last what year, 18 months, haven't we? So so mm. I do think I do think there's a lesson there for Borough. Um you know that not all of them are going to work. We've seen that yeah. soon as well, haven't yeah. we? Not, not all of them work. Some of them some of them not flop, but some of them struggle to adapt and go on and flourish, thrive elsewhere. Um yeah. But it's too early to judge the likes of Vandenberg and Silvera and Latte Laugh and, and the rest of Borough's young signings. Morgan Rogers, Rogers. Clear example. It's far too early to judge them, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. I agree. And, you, and you've got to be patient. You've got to give these lads a chance. I guess the where, where Sunderland have, have kind of been able to do that is they have been able to take them in and out because they've had a lot of other options in yeah. the positions they've been yeah. playing. Is that the worry? Certainly, with latter laugh that if you want to take him out of the firing line for a few games or give him a rest or whatever, as we've alluded to, you probably turn into Josh, aren't you? And, and, and that might work. Listen, it might work, but yeah, that 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 I think is my biggest takeaway. My biggest worry from everything finishing is: have they got enough options up front? And, and, and I, I think, think I think thing. the team stand or fall on that because ultimately. As you said, if they haven't, then I'm not sure that there's enough goals in the rest of the team to get them in, you know, into the playoffs, into wherever that they want to be. And I think the other thing, okay. um, the the other thing on, on the young players is, and and this is the same for Sunderland as well this year. They're also dealing with expectation because yeah, after last season, the expectation clearly is. You know where we're going to compete again at the top. So whereas these young players at Sunderland, for example, came in and it was the plan was a season of consolidation. This season, obviously, you you surprisingly finished in the top six. You want to build on it, and it's the same with Borough, isn't it? That they, they, they're signing for a team and, and a club that want to compete again at the top. So 
yeah. that that doesn't give you that kind of bedding in period that you might ordinarily hope for. So we'll see. Well, we will. We will see. We will see. And uh, we'll hopefully have you with us as we do see it. Um, as I say, back now, all systems go. We've got a guest lined up for the back end of this week, obviously, with it being the international break. No game to preview. Um, keep your eyes peeled for that. And then we'll have two video casts, um, pods, if you listen to them that way, next week, obviously building up to the Blackburn game and the return of the championship after the international break. For now, though, thanks for watching You Are My Borough, or thanks for listening, um, if that's the way that you've been doing it. And we will see you again um, at the back end of the week for another edition. Have a good week, um, and thanks for watching You Are My Borough.